Hey. 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 Hey there. We're jumping right in. We are jumping right in. We're jumping right into your ear holes and down into your sweet, sweet brain stem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just swimming Mm -hmm. around in all that gray matter. Because we got shit to talk about this week, folks. We got a lot to talk about. We really do. So. I mean, we always have a lot to talk about, but we got a lot to talk about. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty intense this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, that, which is exactly why we're jumping right in. We're not, we're not doing our shop spotlight that we usually do. We're not doing our podcast spotlight that we usually do because we got to get down to business because to defeat the is, Huns. This is our podcast. And we can do whatever the fuck we want to. That's very true. <laughs> that is a, a fair point. So if we want to not research a shop, we fucking can. Exactly. <laughs> so, so before, but before we get started, we do want to take a moment to recognize our awesome, awesome Patreon people yes. that are partying with us over there. Um, we, uh, one of the things that we do for our Patreons or our patrons on Patreon, I don't really know. Are, are individual Patreon patrons called Patreons or is it a Patreon that has patrons? They, they are a patron. A patron of the Patreon. A patron saint. A patron saint. That'll be important later in the game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one of the things that we like to do for our patrons on Patreon, these are the people that are helping us make the show for you and keep putting out awesome content. And so we like to recognize them on the show because we feel that's important. Yes, so we are going is. to invoke their names now and we send them all kinds of positive Happy vibes for their week. Yes, we uh, have a candle lit for each of you. We do. So uh, I'm going to start with Christy W. Thank you, Christy. Yay, Christy. Yay. And then we have Alicia C. Alicia. And Alicia is from Hello Gorgeous. I'm just going to shout out her shop because it's awesome. Again, our one of our Insta besties. Mm-hmm. And then we have Carrie W., Yay, who is a Carrie. new patron, and we love her very much. We do love her. We love all of you. We do. We love you all. Thank you so much for helping. And um, for the rest of you, um, if you haven't checked out the Patreon, you really, really should. We're um, amping up content on there. We're dropping all sorts of bonus audio and visual content. We put a video on last week of our reaction to the new Halloween movie trailer. And it was like 30 minutes long. It's like half an episode. Yeah. So it's like a fair amount of content. That and those are so fun to make too. Like They really are. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into it. Mm-hmm. It's very fucking cat. It's like having a moment. Anyway. No, it's very cool. Cause then like, it's just, I don't know. It's just a different sort of relationship. I feel like over there. Cause we can just, I don't know. We can be face to face and like do silly things. And I mean, we do silly things here, but it's like it's even more. Yeah. <laughs> it's even more so. Yeah. But I'm really excited to start creating more content because it's like, you know, we did our first like big one. And so now it's like, oh, what can we do next? Right. Yes. So, and we are. And um, I'm like, I'm getting like ideas. Like I'm sitting at work, like, you know, it's supposed to be working. And I'm like texting Katie with like, I mean, you are working. You're just Patreon. working for yourself, girl. Yes. <laughs> Oftentimes, we do our notes and shit 
for the show and then we have to cut the show off at like a little over an hour and we'll like have stuff that's left over so like with uh last episode I had some stuff that I didn't get to get to at all and so we posted it on the Patreon for patrons to check out so if you want more Haunted Heart that's the way to get it yes yes ma'am yes sir come party with us the other way to play with us is the Facebook group Come play with us. Mm-hmm. Um, the Facebook group is awesome. We have, again, I'm going to say it again this week because I said it last week and people, more people started posting. So I'm going to say it again. I love when other people post on the Facebook group. You couldn't post any kind of shit to me. Any kind of like haunted or true crime shit or any, like anything, whatever. Yeah. Post your weekend plans. <laughs> post a photo of you, I don't know, at the gym. No, um, but post to us, and we, we love the idea of the Facebook being super collaborative. Collab- coll- I'm having a stroke. God, Katie, no, 911. <laughs> I'm having a stroke. We love the idea of the Facebook being super collaborative and just kind of a fun community space for you guys to, you know, say whatever you want to say. Yeah. It's a closed group, so you don't have to worry about anybody else that you're friends with on Facebook seeing it. So... Can't nobody see our shit. It's our secret clubhouse. It's our Slytherin dungeon. In case you didn't know, Katie and I are both Slytherins. For fucking, I mean, what would you guys think that we were if we weren't Slytherin? Don't answer that. Anywho. <laughs> all right, so. And that's it. That's all the housekeeping. I mean, obviously, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Search The Haunted Heart on Twitter. Search The Haunted Heart Podcast on Instagram. Hang out with us there, too, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's all the boring stuff. It's all the social media stuff. All right. So what are we talking about today? What is the heat on this meat that we are serving? Whoa. (laughs) That was was a lot. I kind of liked it, though. I liked it. It was good. I Um, came up with it in the moment. Talent, you're welcome. Talent. Uh, we are talking good old-fashioned demon possession. Now, Katie, have you ever been possessed by a demon? Um, there have been times when I think other people might have described it as uh, me being possessed by a demon. But no. No, I don't think I've ever been possessed by anything. Okay. Yeah, no, you have too strong a personality. <laughs> yeah, I feel like They'd I maybe have possessed other people. That might be a thing. The demon steps inside your body and is like, fuck. Damn, it is hot in here. <laughs> she is fucked up, man. God, I got to get the fuck out. This bitch she is steps crazy in as hell. It's already hot. like carbon, like upside down, like crosses carbon inside. All the colors are inversed and she it's just like acid blood. She did that in the womb, blood. motherfucker. What? <laughs> what? What? You want to be in here? You want to fucking be in here? Please, sure. take Have control. It. Take control. Have it. Take control, please. No way. <laughs> please. The demon's like leaving and I'm pleading with, don't leave me. <laughs> Abandonment <Ooh>. issues. <laughs> and it's real. And it's real. <laughs> now we're in the real place. <laughs> so, yes. Demon possessions. You cannot find a more like well no you can find a a a topic that is darker i'm sure but like this is a pretty dark topic 
you know, and it's, you know, I'm the horror movie buff. Like, I can't go without mentioning, like, some of my favorites. Uh, you Obviously, The Exorcist. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta. Obligatory mention of The you know, Exorcist. the one thing, though, like, I, I've lived in this area for how, what, a little over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and have yet. I know. We gotta do uh, that. Went to see the the Exorcist steps. Bitch, there's a cupcake shop like right beside that too. So you telling me we can go get a cupcake? We fucking and then can. Go, and then we better have... get a red velvet one though. Bitch, I'm gonna get the several. Most, <laughs> the most gothy cupcake they have, and I'm then go walk by the steps. Several. They did recently put like a little chain up so you can't go up the steps. I don't give but a fuck about no chain. <laughs> he said on the podcast that he's <laughs> distributing, and later the police are like, "No, you admitted it." He taped his own confession. <laughs> we don't know what happened. I'm just being carted off. That would by be the cool, though, and that would be a cool My video. That would be a cool video that we could share. We should try to do that. Yeah, we should fucking not. do anything other than sit here with no pants on for real, recording this podcast. Oh, well, shit, I got pants on. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you. Anyway, yes. Uh, also, did you ever see the taking of Deborah Logan? On Netflix. Yes. yes, when that bitch opened up her fucking mouth and just straight up swallowed that child's head. Uh-huh. Fuck that. That that disturbed me. I was disturbed. She was terrifying in that movie. Did you know there's like a whole genre of like fantasy? I don't want to call it porn, but I will call it like highly sensualized, sexualized porn that's about that. About what? It's about like swallowing people or children whole. Like, like it's about I'm a little concerned with how you know this. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it because um, it was covered on a podcast that I've mentioned on here before. I mean, they're super fucking famous, so I'm pretty sure that you probably know them if you're listening to our Rinky Dink podcast. But last podcast on the left has an episode about it, and it was fucking disturbing. And like, they cover a lot of crazy topics, but like. Yeah, there's, like, this whole section of the internet that, like, is this weird fetish for, like, eating people alive. Like a snake. Oh, like, like, can- how like just like cannibalism. It's like cannibalism, but it's, like, a subsect of cannibalism that is, like, specifically obsessed with swallowing a child or, or another person like a snake swallows eggs. So you're not, like, taking bites and you're not cooking them. You literally just, like, swallow them whole. How? It's absurd. You should read it, but don't read it. You should listen to that episode. You should let the boys at Last Podcast fucking read it for you and take that on onto their minds. Yeah. (laughs) Because you will be scarred if you try to find it. I'm sure. Uh, You had the right uh, with Anthony Hopkins. That was (laughs) right back to Demon Possession. (laughs) Right back to Demon Possession. Uh, I love me some Anthony Hopkins. Yes, love him. Uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah, which I'm actually I'm dabbling in that one today. So thanks for fucking mentioning it. Yes, yes, yes. Love all of those films. And a lot of people get a little disturbed by those. Like, my Mm -hmm. mother, to this day, refuses to watch The Exorcist. Will not. Uh, Well, my mom had the same experience. So she... She has this an exorcist story, and everybody has an exorcist story, right? Because when the movie came out in 73, 76, 73, 76. We literally talked about this on one episode. 70, hang on. I know. 70? 73. 
Um, so when it came out in 73, like, nobody had ever seen anything like that before. So it was very, um, like, it was groundbreaking. And part of the publicity for the movie was to, like, kind of, like, overstate people's reactions to it. And it was brilliant marketing because it was cheap. And it also really freaked people out. But to this day, it still kind of has that stigma around it because of the way that it was marketed. Yeah. But my mother, and this is 100% true, her exorcist story, she... In her first marriage, her in-laws, um, that movie had, like, just come out not too terribly long before that, maybe, like, 10 years, and they rented it, and they were going to watch it at the house one night, at their house, and it uh, broke the VCR. So they were like, oh, that's weird, whatever, it must have just been a bad tape. So then later, she and her husband, her then-husband at the time, they rented it again because she really wanted to see it or they really wanted to see it or whatever. And it broke another VCR. And so she was like, I'm good, actually. I'm fine. If, uh, you know, and all the, like, all the tape came out of the, like, cassette tape and all that stuff. So it was not good. So then fast forward, like, 10 or 12 years later, and she was married to second husband, my dad. Um, and she was, she had a, like, very, very, like, strict rule that that movie was not to come into the house because she had like somehow gotten it into her head that she was not supposed to watch that movie and that's why it was breaking all of her shit. So he, of course, disobeyed her. I wonder why they're not married anymore. <laughs> um, he disobeyed her and while she was at work one day, like he went and rented The Exorcist from the blockbuster, Moment of Silence. I miss you, blockbuster. Oh my God. So... He goes and rents The Exorcist from the Blockbuster and brings it home, puts it in the VHS player, and of fucking course, it, like, breaks it. The VHS player is, like, smoking. All of the film comes off the VHS tape. It's just, like, fucking ridiculous. And I actually did... I saw that because I was alive at that point. And I remember that. She was so fucking mad. And she, like, sold that that VCR at, like, a yard sale. So somebody picked up that possessed VCR. For fucking sure. I was like, why did you sell it? Why did you not, like, fucking bury it in a hole somewhere surrounded by salt? That's what I would have done. Set it on fire. Bury it. Salt the earth. That's it. Yeah. Not sell it to somebody else. She was like, whatever. (laughs) Fuck that person. Fuck them. (laughs) Somewhere that person has, like, a vendetta against me and my family. Yeah, they really do. They're coming for me, man. Yeah. They listen to the podcast. This is it. Yeah. So, yeah, people get people get funny when it comes to exorcisms and demon possession, and with good reason. I mean, some of the stories that you hear about demon possession are pretty fucking horrifying. They're intense. I know that Catholicism itself has, like, differentiating, like, types of possession. Mm-hmm. So... They have what they call ordinary, uh, like, satanic and demonic activity or influence. Is it like that chart that you see when you go to the doctor, like the pain chart that, like, yeah. has the emojis and it, like, starts off with a smiley face and yeah. in the end it's just, like, yep. the demon face? Sir, are you doing okay? <laughs> okay. Clearly not. <laughs> Which face are you? <laughs> just point to the face, sir. But yes, they uh, so they have different ones. So they have the ordinary ones, and then they have the extraordinary satanic and demonic activity. Um, and there are six different forms. Okay. 
ranging from complete control by Satan or some demon to voluntary submission. So you have number one, which is possession, in which Satan or some demon takes full possession of a person's body without their knowledge or consent. So the victim is therefore morally blameless. Mm, They didn't consent. Okay. Then you have obsession, which includes sudden attacks of irrationally obsessive thoughts, usually culminating in suicidal ideation and typically influences dreams. Mm -hmm. And then you have oppression, in which there is no loss of consciousness or involuntary action, such as uh, in the biblical book of Job, in which Job was tormented by a series of misfortunes in business, family, and health. So this is just where the demon is literally just oppressing every part of your life. Uh, And then you have external, uh, which is like physical pain caused by Satan or demons. Uh, You have infestation, Hmm. uh, which affects houses, things, or animals. Okay. And then you have uh, subjection, in which a person voluntarily submits to Satan uh, or the demon. Right. And there is actually a seventh one that I don't think is recognized by the, uh, by the Catholic Church, but it's, it's out there, and that is called familiarization. Uh, and that uh, seeks to come and live with the subject. If accepted, the spirit becomes the constant and continuously present companion of the possessed. The two persons, the familiar uh, and the possessed, remain separate and distinct. The possessed is aware of his familiar. Oh, so, so it kind, kind of, of has its it's separate from the familiar. Yeah. So it's, it's like, like a relationship. A co- yeah, it's like a. Re- it's like us, Katie. That's beautiful. Which like one's us. the demon, though? Uh, I think we alternate. Do we share? Yeah, I think we share. We just bounce back and forth yeah. like ping pong. Yeah. Someday, you know, you take Tuesday, I take Wednesday. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> we do um, have a schedule. So, yes, those are some of the different types of possession uh, that can take place when, you know, you are being troubled with the demons. So um, I was kind of looking up, like, you know, um, how how would I know if Kenny was possessed? Oh, oh bitch. How, how would I know? Who? Um, before he starts spewing pea soup everywhere. So no, um, I like pea soup. I looked up on this uh, website, this Catholic, it's called Catholic News Agency. I want to get all my news from there. The CNA. The CNA. Um, so... They had a list of common signs of de- demon or demonic possession. One of them is uh, fucking stuttering, clearly. I'm <laughs> suffering from it. But they had a list of signs of demonic possession, and they may sound more familiar to you than you think. So the first was a strong aversion to spirituality, <laughs> and that can be any form of spirituality. They're not just talking the fuck me Jesus stuff. They're talking <laughs> yoga. They're talking going to yoga, going to churches, going to mosques any type of spirituality or any sort of introspective activity a possessed person might show a strong aversion to. A possessed person may feel a feeling of being blocked creatively or emotionally. They may have a drinking or drug problem that often severely changes their behavior, not just like, you know, you turn up and you become 
fun Veronica. Um, <laughs> not that sort of change, but She's more. Fun now. <laughs> but more, uh, I guess, um, exaggerated changes in personality. Odd out of character behavior can also be a sign of demonic possession. And then feeling a presence other than your loved one near you. Um, meaning, you know, if you're alone, like a loved one's spirit. Yeah. Like like, sometimes when you're alone, like you can kind of feel like I've had that feeling before that like somebody else is there, but it's not a, it's not a scary feeling. It's just a, okay, well that's this person or that person or, you know, you know Mm -hmm. that they're there and it's not a threatening feeling. Right. Um, but this is feeling somebody who is not that, but just an entity. Okay. A possessed person would stop uh, getting along with people sometimes. Then they'll complain of hearing voices. And then sometimes you have symptoms of self-harm, most frequently scratching and pulling hair out. And then severe night terrors that sometimes will occur during the day as well. Some of those, though, like a drinking or a drug problem, we don't commonly think of that as demonic possession, but... Well, I can definitely see and you know recognize how the church would take something like that like you know the demon or satan or the devil whatever is using that person through the drugs like almost like it's not necessarily absolving that person of their actions but like putting a a blame giving a why yeah giving yeah. a why to addiction yeah giving a why i, to I think that's probably a large part of it but to play devil's advocate but i'm excellent it was a demon joke excellent <laughs> i'm good um go us to play devil's advocate i could see how something like alcohol or drugs could kind of put you in an altered in a state of altered mind where you could potentially be more open to all types of spirits. You know what I mean? Not necessarily yeah. just demons, but right. like, I mean, since the beginning of time, people have been using mind-altering substances to kind of open themselves up to different kinds of spirituality and, and different planes. We have talked about that on the podcast. We have. So I, I can kind of see their point there. Yeah, um, I mean, I can see how the drug can like physically like alter... Yeah. You know, your mind and open it up and then like that could be a door. Right. That something else could come right. through. Yes. Exactly. I could see it going both. I mean, it uh, it could probably go both ways. Right. I think the tough part is distinguishing the between the two. Right. And according to the Catholic News Agency, the only true way um, to diagnose demon possession is by uh, holding sustained prayer in order to provoke a reaction from what they call the adversary. Um, so that's kind of what they refer to as the demon or demons. I kind of like that name. The adversary. It's a capital A, too. It's the adversary. Of... The adversary versus the vanguard. The adv- Which I, one I was going to say the vanguard. <laughs> like, you're about to pull, are you about I'm to pull totally... a vanguard and call yourself the adversary? No, I'm I'm rooting for the adversary, like to fight the fucking vanguard. Like, I mean, if I was to choose a team based on name, bitch, I'm going with the adversary. It is pretty badass. So the Catholic Church has fallen under fire um, for many reasons, of course, but specific to demonic possession, a lot of people have criticized the Catholic Church 
for their practice of exorcisms because a lot of the symptoms of exorcisms or of demonic possession can manifest as mental illness mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, so they're very similar. And, you know, if you have a Catholic priest who's just going to pray at you and what you need is some good drugs, it's not going to help, you some know? good drugs. Right. So, so they allege, um, the Catholic Church alleges that they do try to separate demonic possession from mental illness. And this was a quote from the catechism. I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong. I didn't grow up Catholic. But it's a She quote. grew up Southern Baptist. Uh, yes, I did, honey. Southern Baptist. Dancing barefoot in them pews, honey. Bless her heart. Bless it. Bless That's it, what Lord. She would say to the devil. Bless your heart. Bless your heart, honey. <laughs> Can I get you some cornbread? You just sit on down. Let me get you some cornbread. Let me get you some cobbler. You're gonna be just this all right. This is a side note and complete like off topic. But do you remember? Do you did you see that meme where it was that lady in prison and it's got her little dialogue or little subtitles on there and it's like, she's like, they call me cornbread because I shot my husband while he was eating cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then she went on to say, and nobody eats with me. <laughs> That's fine. You I'm know, fine sometimes you myself. just look into the future and you just <laughs> see yourself looking back at you. They call me cornbread. <laughs> you know, I just, I see it. I see it. Sorry. Sorry for the distraction. No, it's fine. So I was going to share th- from paragraph... 1,673 of what is no doubt a riveting read, the Catechism of the Catholic Church by Pope John Paul. I think I broke Kenny. I don't know why the fuck that was so funny to me. It really wasn't. So Pope John Paul, 1992, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Quote, exorcism is directed at the expulsion of demons or to the liberation from demonic possession through the spiritual authority which Jesus entrusted to his church. Illness, especially psychological illness, is a very different matter, treating this as the concern of medical science. Therefore, before an exorcism is performed, it is important to ascertain that one is dealing with the presence of the evil one and not an illness. Mm -hmm. So they do kind of directly confront that. Yes. Whether the steps aren't really spelled out for how to, of course, discern whether it is mental illness or the presence of an evil one beyond just saying pray profusely. But if you're having a schizophrenic episode, I mean, praying is not gonna, you may react to that. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're possessed by the devil. Right. Um, so, um, but exorcists believe that their power comes directly from God um, and there's a big movement in the Catholic Church to, for exorcists to stay humble and I guess not be like the rock stars of Catholicism. Um, I have all the power. Right. Um, Cast your ass out. So they are they are fighting on behalf. They are fighting demons on behalf of Christ. Well, that's nice. Yes. So. Um, But this, what interested me when I was researching for this week um, was kind of the crossover between 
demonic possession and mental illness. Mm-hmm. And there, unfortunately, are so many stories where I, you know, that I kind of read about this week where I truly believe that it, w- you know, we were dealing with a mental illness. And not that I don't believe that demonic possession is a thing, but I do think that there are times when treatment is necessary and sometimes the 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 practices of exorcist can be too much yeah and the probably the most famous case of that was uh the case of annalise michelle yes yeah so also known uh through the film the exorcism of emily rose yep 2005 um i actually went to see that movie in theaters I saw it, like, maybe once, but I think it was, like, I think I saw it, I think I, like, rented it or something. Yeah. I can't remember. I saw it in theaters because I lied to my mom, right? Because my mom has this whole history with The Exorcist, and so she is not about any kind of, because she very much um, believes that, you know, if demons are all around and they can infiltrate at any time, then a demon, what's to stop a demon from coming through your TV screen? Which, or your mirrors, right? Which is why you always sage those twice, honey. I sage my TV screens twice as well, <laughs> but that's due to an ur- urban legend that I hold heard a long time ago. Why can't I fucking speak today? Uh, maybe you're being busy. <coughs> oh fuck! <laughs> oh shit! Uh uh-uh. uh. <coughs> Should we stop? Um. We gonna keep going right. anyway. Um, so I snuck out and I told her that I was seeing something. I I don't even know if I told her I was going to the movies, but I snuck out and I saw that movie with my friends because my stupid my stupid ass friends wanted to go. And so not I, me. I go in and yeah, not Kenny. Although you probably would have fucking done that shit too. I would have went. Yeah. So my stupid ass friends drag me to this thing, and I'm like very spiritually sensitive. So I'm like kind of feeling like I'm fucking like in a dangerous situation, you know? But I watch it because I'm not a pussy. Uh, With my, like, thumbs in my ears and my fingers over my eyes, between my fingers, I watch it. Um, And it wasn't a bad movie. It was all right. It was your standard exorcism film. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot from it because, like I said, I literally only saw it it one time. But from what I do remember of it, it was pretty, like, the acting was pretty great. Like, I can't remember her name, um, but, like, the way... I just remember the way she would contort her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that being, like, really freaky. Yeah. That and, like, you know, it was 05, so, like, we hadn't seen a ton of that before as far as, like, it actually looking halfway decent CGI-wise. And so I think they did... Like, there was one scene... I think they are in a barn or something... And, like, her back bends all the way back, and you just fucking hear everything in yes, a snap. Yes, That was fucked. Um, but what I do remember from that movie, the, the thing that I took away, was the ending. Um, so towards the end of the film, you know, she's been through all of these episodes, and they're doing all these exorcisms on her, and they're trying to get her well. And she's been through all of these different episodes, and she walks out into this field... Um, and I think there may have been a tree there or whatever, but she get, she has stigmata on her hands, stigmata up here. Um, stigmata being the holes in the palms of your hands um, 
where Jesus was nailed to the cross. It's supposed to be a symbol for martyrdom and all that stuff. Um, So the stigmata appear, and she's dressed all in white, and she, like, almost has a conversation with the demon. And then when she comes back or somebody goes out to her or something, um, she basically says something to the effect of that she has decided to die to defeat the demon mm-hmm. and that she and it's like this sacrificial thing and it almost becomes this christ-like thing and it was like this very um heightened moment of sacrifice right and it was beautiful in that sense because you're like wow you know she is such a strong you know compelling person to you know give in to this battle so that she can take this demon down too, right? And that's what you're yeah. left with. That's really fucked up in the context of the story that I'm about to tell. <laughs> so the real-life Annalise Michelle, um, that was not the story at all. It is the story that her exorcists tried to tell. Um, so Annalise Michelle was born September 21st, 1952, in Bavaria, West Germany, um, to a Roman Catholic family, and her parents, Josef and Anna, were very, very religious. Like, like super Ridiculously religious. religious. Yeah. Like, like long jean skirt and summer religious. Oh. And scrunchies. So Annalise attended the University of Würzburg, where her classmates described her as withdrawn and very religious. And unfortunately, Annalise had a history of mental illness from a very young age. At 16, she was diagnosed with psycho- psychosis caused by temporal lobe epilepsy after she had had a couple sh- a couple seizures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shortly after, she was diagnosed with depression. A little while later, she started experiencing visual and auditory hallucinations for which she'd been hospitalized. And it's not unusual for someone who is dealing with epilepsy to have those sorts of hallucinations from what I've read. But she, Annalise describes seeing double faces. Ooh. Yes, she called them, quote, devil faces. Um, and she, by age 20, she had developed an aversion to religious iconography. And she also started complaining of hearing voices. Um, so some people have... Um, Wait, how old was she? 20. Sounds about right. 20. Um, so she... Is that <laughs> in your experience? I mean, you just start hitting your 20s and... It's rough. You know, it goes downhill. No, so the the symptoms that she describes in all seriousness do sound like schizophrenia. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a licensed professional. And a lot of people who have complained of demonic possession have turned out to have schizophrenia. Certainly not all, but there's there's a crossover there with the voices and the demon faces mm-hmm. and things like that. Um she was actually treated for five years, she took psychiatric uh, medication. She took Dilantin, which is a very common um, uh, epilepsy drug, and Aolept, which I've never heard of before. But she got worse and worse and eventually became suicidal. So at this point in 1975, Annalise is 22, and her parents seek out the assistance of um, religious um, religion, basically, um, because the doctor's... Um, treatments weren't really working. So they reached out to a priest in their community. It was actually a Lutheran priest that they reached out to, and he encouraged them to reach out to a Catholic priest. <laughs> oh. 
which is interesting. Uh, Annalise's parents reached out to Ernst Alt, who was a Catholic priest, and Arnold Renz. Um, and these were the two Catholic priests that would treat Annalise for the entirety of her episode, basically. So beginning at age 22, Annalise underwent 10 months of Catholic exorcism rites. They performed nearly 70 exorcisms on her total. Ugh. And the first one was performed on September 24th. And they said that like these things would last between um, four, th- that they would do one or two exorcisms a week and that they would last up to four hours. And they were performed, um, they performed 67 over 10 months between 1975 and 1976. Um, towards the end, Annalise began talking increasingly about, quote, and these are her words, dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church, end quote. So she started talking about, like, all the sin that was in the world. Oh. And she herself dying as a way of absolving some of the modern sin. Gotcha. So. Like a, like a, like Jesus. Yes. Yep, exactly. So apparently, according to these exorcists, she began talking about that. And die she did. In July of 1976, uh, Annalise, having endured almost 70 or almost 70 um, exorcisms, passed away at the age of 23. They said that she, towards the end, she stopped eating and drinking, and an autopsy performed after her death, obviously, declared that her death was as a result of emaciation, malnutrition, and starvation at the hands of her priests and her family. They said that at the time of her death, she weighed only 30 kilograms, which is 68 pounds. Oh, shit. 68 pounds. Have you seen pictures of her? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just absolutely. Yeah. Especially, like, around the eyes. Like It's just. It's terrible. Yeah. She had also, and this is something that I actually didn't know um, before I started researching this topic. Um, she had broken both of her knees due to continuous genuflections, which is the word of the day for the haunted heart. Genuflections. Genuflections? Genuflections. Genuflections. I read something about this, I think. That's like praying, right? Genuflection is bending the knee to the ground in a prayer stance. So she had done that so much that her fucking knees were broken. Both of her knees were broken. That's insane. Yes. She was unable to move without assistance, and supposedly she had pneumonia at the time of her death as well. So, I mean, it was just, just awful. That's tragic, man. Yeah. And some of the exor- some of the practices of exorcism, like the stuff that they would do to her, was like, like they would burn her, and they would like almost like waterboard her. I mean, a lot of it is like torture. torture. Well, the one thing that's like, kind of interesting to me is that I had kind of always thought that like exorcism like an exorcism was like a one thing you know what I mean like yeah. you perform the exorcism yeah that expels the demon by the end of it the demon comes out gone, yeah right? it's like, like black smoke that comes out of your mouth like in practical you know what I mean? yeah exactly yes. no but I mean like that just like it's an exorcism like yes. an exorcism is supposed to be like the thing Right. To get the demon out. And right. I can understand, like, you know, if you have a, a rather, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
precarious? No. Mm, pernicious? Pernicious. A very pernicious demon. A, a precariously <laughs> pernicious, you know? Um, demon that it might, like, take a while. But, like, she had 70 yeah. exorcisms. 67. She 67? had 67. Almost yeah, it was 70. almost 70. Almost but... 70 exorcisms. Yes. That is insane to me. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, all right, y'all. Like, if after, like, the third one, I'm like... Well, I guess this is me now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were doing like one or two a week. That's insane. Yeah. No, yeah. I guess it's not working. I guess yeah. I'm just going to... All demon. right, babe. Uh... Like, I guess it's me and you, demon. <laughs> it's me and you now, You Satan. would move to the familiarity stage. Uh, yeah, we just move straight from the damn oppression and possession to straight... We moving in. <laughs> we All moving right? in together. Put All a ring right, on it. Moving in. You put, put a, a ring, ring on it, you bitch. Put a motherfucking ring on it now. Make make you a real woman of me, Satan. St- <laughs> hey, that's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little hot. <laughs> so that's really that's really interesting. Yeah, uh, but tragic. But she, and so, do you want to find out what happened to the priests? Oh, well, of course. <laughs> So the priests um, that were involved were investigated and were charged with negligent homicide. They were found guilty of manslaughter. Of course. Uh, And they were originally sentenced to six months in jail. Originally, originally sentenced to six months in jail. But the charge was later reduced to three years of probation as well as a fine. Slap on the wrist. So this girl died. And nobody went to prison because the family was deemed to have, quote, suffered enough. So, yeah. And were not prosecuted. They weren't prosecuted. Originally, they were going to, they were also going to be charged with negligent homicide. Um, And some of the reports that you look up about this case um, will say that they were charged with negligent homicide. They actually were not. There's a clause in German law um, that uh, it has to do with, like, family or something. But, like, the family of a murder victim... And them having, like, suffered enough, basically, by losing their family member. And so they basically got all charges dropped. Mm. They didn't They didn't do... Nobody served any jail time. And this girl was fucking 30 kilograms. She was 68 pounds. And we'll post pictures um, for those of you who are interested on um, the Facebook and probably on the Patreon. But, I mean, I will say that it's, like... Very disturbing. Yeah. Um, you almost, like, it almost looks non-human. fake. Yeah. You know what I does. mean? Like, it almost looks fake. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not. It's not. It's not. They're they're not doctored photos, and it's not a fake story. I mean, you can look it up. It's, yeah. Um, but we'll we'll post them, but we'll do it with a with a trigger warning of sorts, and, and we won't throw it up in your face. Right. But uh, for those of you who are interested. Yeah. And then just an interesting postscript. In 2013, actually, so this whole thing happened in 1976 is when she passed away. Yeah. And in 2013, a fire mysteriously broke out in the house where Annalise Michelle lived. And although oh. the local police said it was a case of arson, some locals attribute it to the exorcism case. Like the demon was like... I mean, either that or Annalise herself. Down. I'd be pissed as or hell. Annalise, I mean, yeah, fuck. Oh yeah, okay. I I I could. Roll I would that. for fucking sure. I'm gonna be burn pissed. this motherfucker down. You would mm-hmm. turn like into uh, that girl off of Silent Hill. 
Oh, yeah. Um, What is her name? Oh, fuck. I love Silent Hill. Oh, well. It's not... Sin- it's not happening. Nope, not happening. Yep, we'll figure anyway. it out later. You know her. You know her. The yeah, girl. Yeah. Um, so that uh, kind of actually leads into my subject for this evening Mm. so in my research i came across the name like i was searching um researching exorcisms and possession and like the one name that like kept coming up for me was a one uh dr richard gallagher yes i'm glad you texted me about this guy because he came up in a lot of my stuff too and i knew to just like i didn't even read the stuff about him because i was like i know he's going to talk about that so i don't want to know it in advance right so this guy is an Ivy League uh, trained, board certified psychiatrist. Um, he teaches at Columbia University and New York Medical College. Uh, and it is this man of science who is also your go-to guy for demonic possession. Hmm. And I mean that in exactly that way. Like he actually believes in demonic possession. Um, now, however, Dr. Gallagher did not start out this way. Like many others, he believed that demonic possession was a blanket diagnosis used to explain most mental disorders, um, which I'm sure was most definitely the case uh, in some instances, especially like in history, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. He, how, he says that demonic possession is real and that he has witnessed true cases of possession. For the past 25 years, uh, he has been called in by exorcists to determine if what they have is the real deal or if there's just simply a medical issue. Right. He estimates that he has seen more cases of possession than any medical professional in the world. He works very closely with Reverend Gary Thomas, who is one of the most famous exorcists in the United States. Um, and then again, going back to the Anthony Hopkins movie, The Right, that was actually based off some work by, uh, by the Reverend. Hmm. Um, so these two have worked pretty closely together, uh, with mutual respect for the other, which for me is to be commended as much as I'm not a quote unquote science man. Um, I definitely fully support the marriage between science and the supernatural. And I think think that it's rather limiting to think that either one exists on their own separate planes yeah i i totally agree i think that the supernatural picks up where science because if you ever talked with a science person because i love science people yeah i'm my type is like usually the science right person i love a good she swipes right on science i fucking absolutely do. Is it right? i think it's right i think right is neither one of us have ever fucking used tender so we have no fucking clue she swipes completely swipe right inauthentic yeah, I do. That's your next. I, uh, I just um, like uh, sign, sign or hashtag. That's your next <laughs> hashtag sign for swipe hashtag. right for science. <laughs> yeah, for uh, actually that would be good for the science march. Yeah, I was gonna say for the science march. Yeah. But I I love me a man who know who thinks he knows everything. <laughs> I just do, um, honestly. Um, but if you ever talked with a scientist, like you ask them to explain things down to a certain level and they can get pretty far depending on how smart they are and depending on how much, you know, what their field is. They can explain it down to a certain point and then 
they can't really explain it any further than that. Right. And I feel like that's where the supernatural and magic and everything like that that we're so steeped in, I think that's where that picks up. Yeah. And I think the two really work together. Yeah, totally. Completely agree. So uh, Dr. Gallagher was first called in to uh, assist with a middle-aged woman uh, described as wearing very dark, flowy clothing, uh, dark makeup, but still very charming and engaging. Is this me? Is this woman me? Yes. Is it me? Yeah. It sounds like it's me. Um, but also the queen of a satanic cult. I mean, where's the lie? <laughs> there is no lie. Where's the lie? Now, uh, I also just kind of want to side note uh, and clarify that we are both aware of the negative stereotypes associated with Satanism. Um, and I just feel that, you know, I want to take a moment to just clarify that Satanism itself does not promote the belief of Satan worshiping. Um, not true. Yeah. In fact, they believe in a separation of religion and superstition. Yes. And Satan is merely a symbol for rebellion. Yes. They promote critical thinking and reasonable agnosticism and are generally really cool people who also actually do a lot of philanthropic work. So yes. yep. just wanted to point that out there because I know that there's a lot of like negative, like, ooh, Satanism, no. like, you know. It's not about stripping naked and dancing in the moonlight except for... If you're stripping naked and dancing in the moonlight just to prove to society that you can strip naked and dance in the moonlight. Like, that's the point. Yes. And also, it's fun to strip naked and dance in the moonlight. Yeah. So, I um, found an article. Um, Oh, also, this guy is Irish. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) And my article is from (laughs) irishcentral.com. I'm going to write a letter to 23andMe, and I'm going to fucking yell at them Ah. for having cursed me with this for the rest of my life. For the rest of your fucking life. To those of you who haven't listened to the Celtic episode, Kenny found out that he's like some percentage Irish, and now he just fucking is running with it. He is running so fucking hard with it. Anyway, so I'm going to... Uh, pull some pieces from this article um, where Dr. Gallagher actually speaks himself about this instance. Oh, a direct quote. Oh, yes. So, he says, uh, I was introduced to a self-styled satanic high priestess. She called herself a witch and dressed the part with flowing dark clothes and black eyeshadow around to her temples. In many discussions, she acknowledged worshiping Satan as his queen. I'm a man of science and a lover of history. After studying the classics at Princeton, I trained in psychiatry at Yale and in psychoanalysis at Columbia. Uh, That background is why a Catholic priest had asked my professional opinion, which I offered pro bono, about whether this woman was suffering from a mental disorder. I was inclined to skepticism, but my subject's behavior exceeded what I could explain uh, with my training. She could tell some people their secret weaknesses... She knew how individuals she'd never known had died, including my mother and her fatal case of ovarian cancer. Six people later vouched to me that during her exorcisms, uh, again, there's exorcisms, multiple, um, they heard her speaking multiple languages, including Latin, completely unfamiliar to her outside of her trances. Um, This was not psychosis. was what I can only describe as paranormal ability. 
I concluded that she was possessed, um, and much later she permitted me to tell her story. Um, they call her Julia. Uh, that's her, like, name that they gave her. Or, you know, satanic cult queen, if you will. Um, she was convinced from the start that she was being attacked in some way by a demon or Satan. And during the, the course of her lengthy and thorough evaluation, she was eventually seen by uh, Dr. Gallagher and was asked to provide a medical his to provide his medical and psychiatric opinion. Uh, Julia revealed a long disturbing history of involvement with explicitly satanic groups. Um, she had her strange abilities, those psychic abilities. Uh, she was raised a Catholic, but no longer practiced the faith. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, join the club, right? Yeah, but with considerable ambivalence, she stated that she might need the Catholic rite of exorcism. Just maybe, you know. I'm I'm just thinking. Yeah. Just throwing things out there. Uh... She was in no way psychotic. In fact, she was consistently logical, highly intelligent, and even quite engaging at times, despite her obvious turmoil. Um, and then he goes on to say that periodically in our presence, Julia would go into a trance state of a recurring nature. Mentally troubled individuals often dissociate, but Julia's trances were accompanied by an unusual phenomenon. Out of her mouth would come various threats, taunts, and scatological language, phrases like, leave her alone, you idiot, she's ours, leave, you imbecile priest, or just leave. Uh, the tone of this voice differed markedly from her own, and it varied sometimes, sounding guttural and vaguely masculine, and at other points high-pitched. Most of her comments during these trances or at the subsequent exorcisms displayed a marked contempt for anything religious or sacred. Do we think that maybe he kind of had the hots for Julia? Like, Probably. the way he describes her, like dark flowy clothes dark makeup that went around to her temples he might have yet charming and engaging despite her obvious turmoil science finding his witchy lover fucking the story of my fucking dreams babe come on richard so (laughs) dr gallagher come on dr gallagher so go when, ahead and exercise this demon right out of me, babe. Right out. Maybe this you could place. tie me down. <laughs> <laughs> you tie me down and spit pea soup all over me. No, Ugh, no, 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 no. With the soup, it's a no on no, the soup. No, that's a no. No, nah, food is for eating, and that is good. Yes. And sex is for sex, and, and that, that is, is also, also good. good. <laughs> but those things should be separate. Yep. Because I'm real serious about eating, yeah. and I can't, I can't cross uh-huh. wires like uh-huh. that. Eating is serious business. Yes, it is. Amen. Let me do my little uh, cross on my chest. <laughs> Absolutely. There. So when she came out of these trances, she strongly professed no recollection of these remarks or having said anything at all. An experienced psychiatrist might well conclude that we were probably therefore dealing with a dissociated personality, or more precisely even, disassociative identity disorder. What quickly made this understandable hypothesis implausible, however, were several other peculiar, though obviously related, phenomena, uh, but a sampling of which is covered uh, here. So, because of the complexity of this case, 
Um, we assembled a team to assist. At varying points, this group comprised several qualified mental health personnel, at least four Catholic priests, a deacon, uh, and his wife, <laughs> two nuns, uh, and several volunteers. We made a number of phone calls to arrange gathering together to help Julia. Julia herself was not in one of these phone discussions. She was far from the area at the time. And astonishingly, Julia's other voice would actually interrupt the telephone conversations and sometimes come in over the phone line. The voices would espouse the same messages, leave her alone, get away from her, she's ours. Uh, and Julia again said that later she was unaware of any such conversation. Uh, and yet the speech was heard distinctly by several of the team on a number of occasions. She commonly reported information um, about people like the household composition, uh, family deaths and illnesses, mm. um, and More members of, of our team uh, without ever having observed or been informed about them. Like, you know, we said she knew... Predicting the, people's deaths. Yeah, she was predicting, like predicting her, people's deaths. His, his mom's death. Um, one, she even once spoke about the strange behavior of uh, some inexplicably frenzied animals um, beyond her direct observation. And what that meant was, uh, I think it was, it might have been Dr. Gallagher's cats had like, went into like a complete frenzy and started attacking each other randomly. And she, like when he spoke to her next, she said, so those cats really went berserk last night, didn't they? Hmm. So anyway, they get into uh, one of the exorcisms, uh, and she gets into her trance-like state after the prayers and inv um, invocations of the Roman ritual had been going on for a while. Um, again, multiple voices and sounds came out of her. Loud growls, animal-like noises. Uh, at one point, the, vo the voices spoke in foreign languages, uh, again, including Latin uh, and Spanish, but she... But she only speaks English, uh, is what she had verified to them later. The voices were noticeably attacking in nature and often insolent, blasphemous, highly scatological. They cursed and insulted the participants in the crudest way. They were frequently threatening, um, fighting back. Uh, they, she, at one point, she looked to the nuns and said, Stop, you whores. <laughs> That's always good. Um, I try to make a point to do that, too. Right. She exhibited uh, enormous strength. Um, despite uh, the religious sisters and three others holding her down with all their might, they struggled to restrain her. Mm -hmm. um, and for about 30 minutes, she actually levitated about half a foot in the air. Also, what was interesting was that the entities inside her could seem to distinguish between holy water and regular water. I did see this part of this. Um, she this would, is the only part that I had seen. Yeah. She would scream in pain when the blessed water was sprinkled upon her, but have no reaction um, to the unblessed water. Mm -hmm. And during the ceremonies, she also, as previously uh, revealed hidden or past events in the lives of the various attendees. Uh, and so all of that, like, just, I'm like, okay, that's a little weird for me. I'm like. Yeah. I'm like, well, That's they talked. They talked about how they would, um, they would sprinkle water on her, like when she wasn't looking. That was unblessed. 
and she would freak out. And then when she, also when she wasn't looking, they would sprinkle the blessed, the holy water on her and she would like lose her shit. So it wasn't like she could see it either. Like it was like both. I mean, I think they did it a couple different times, but like the way that what I was reading is like, she didn't see them come at her with the water. So she wouldn't have known whether it was holy or not. And she would have known whether it was blessed or not. And yeah. and they said that like every time she reacted to the holy water, but not the yeah. regular water. Yeah. Honey, I'm reacting to any water because I'm not trying to have my hair be flat. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm going to levitate off the ground no matter what kind of water's coming at me. So, yeah. She, um, so they went through several of these exorcisms uh, and nothing really, like, seemed to help. Um, she eventually stopped doing the exorcism, stopped agreeing to doing them. Um because she felt she sort of felt comfortable with it and felt like she she pulled the you enjoyed... she was like no it's fine <laughs> well she said sh- that she felt like she enjoyed you know that sort of ability that she had been given like when she was in those that trance like state like she had come to like like it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and so she was just like, I'm good after that. Hmm. Um, so it was that case that like Dr. Got like that really set this doctor onto like, all right, I've seen this, I believe it, but let's also like like my job is to help distinguish between like the real shit and the fake. Right. Well and not the fake. Not I don't the fake. Say the well, fake. I don't want to say fake. Okay. All right. All to right. distinguish between what what needs to be treated in a religious sense, in a spiritual sense, and what needs to be treated with medication. Yes, with, yes. With chemical balancing and, and medicine. Yes. Um, and so what happened to our Julia, the satanic cult queen? Um, How'd it go? Which woman? Doesn't sound like it went well. Um. So she actually called Dr. Gallagher a few years later uh, and informed him that she was um, actually dying of cancer. Fuck. She had been diagnosed with cancer um, and apparently was terminal. Hmm. Um, And he offered, like, medical services for, like, you know, to help her out, whatever he could do, um, to help her process or whatever. Right. Um, And she was like... Uh, I'll think about that and just never like she hung up and never huh. they never had contact again after that I'm really upset about that yeah. I feel like that was a love story like gone south yeah I feel like he loved her man Dr. Gallagher and Julia he shouldn't have let her go I never let you go yeah, so um, that's kind of like my little story on Dr. Gallagher. Like I said, he's had many cases after that, um, mm-hmm. and he's written um, he's written a book mm-hmm. on possession. Uh, and I actually came across several articles, of course, from his peers that like sort of condemn him for his views. Yeah, uh, which is to be expected. Yeah, and I mean, it's he recognizes you know. that. I feel like, but. I mean, those are his beliefs. So, right. I mean, he's seen what he's seen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I saw what I saw. Yeah. 
I saw this bitch levitate. <laughs> right. And this bitch told me my cats was fighting. How did she know? How did she know they was fighting? They loud. But how did she know? Right. No. I think it was more so like the voices that he heard over the phone that really like tipped him over because he heard her voice. Yeah. Like, in a phone conversation between him and someone else when she was nowhere in the room. Yeah, that's fucked. Uh-uh. So, mm-mm. Not doing nah, that. Nah, I'm good. Not doing that at all. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Kind of like how people hear our voices when we're nowhere in the room. Right. Every week on Wednesdays. Every week. So. Cool. So, you have a little something special for us to end on. I yeah. do. I really do. Um, well, first, you know, I want to... I guess we sort of touched on this uh, at the start of the episode, but like just after reading all of this again, I think that there is, um, I'm just reiterating, like I definitely believe that there is uh, possession that can happen and that it is real. I think that it can, dark spirits or entities can weave their way in through the mind, through mental illness but mm-hmm. I also believe that mental illness can just be mental illness and that it is of the utmost importance to make sure that we are doing everything in our power to to help these people. Right. And not to starve them to death through like to be, 375 yeah. exorcisms. It's it, not to abuse. Like It can very easily... There's a, such a slippery slope of... Possession being a thing, and therefore because a demon, because someone believes that a demon is possessing you and making you act the way that you're acting, then you become something other than human. Mm -hmm. And once you're something other than human, then like insane, insane levels of abuse can happen. And there, there were, there's a lot of information out there on exorcism practices and, and, particularly in the topic of how exorcism can so quickly become abuse. I didn't want to get into that because it's really, really, really terrible shit. Um, but, you know, I mean, mental illness is, is something that throughout the history of the world has always been misdiagnosed and has always been mistreated and has, mm-hmm. you know, mental illness. Sometimes people with mental illness are perceived as weaker. It's not true. Um, but, you know they do have struggles that make them vulnerable to that kind of abuse. And, and that's fucked up. Yeah. It's sort of weird to think about like throughout history, you have um, cases where people were probably, you know, it was a simple medical explanation, right? but they put, you know, the supernatural element on it, like possession. And then like, that's, you know, history. And then even like fast forward, um, to more like modern day history where you have things that like are completely like not a mental illness that they would then label mental illness. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like over sex. You know what I mean? Like if you like a woman and was like, and if you like sex too much, bam, mental illness. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just, it's, it's just such a delicate balance. Like you've got to like, a, know what the fuck you're talking about, know what the fuck you're doing. Don't just go fucking trying to like do some damn to diagnose people diagnose when you have no, yeah, when you have no, you have no background. What it is, yeah. all right. Don't be doing that shit. Just saying. So anyway, 
Yes, I actually have an excerpt uh, from the Rite of Exorcism. Uh, this is a very long, very long uh, passage. So I just took a tiny little bit of it. Um, I didn't realize the shit was so long. Like, if I had to go through this every fucking exorcism, like, mm -hmm. bitch, I got to go. Like, And there's, like, multiple ones? Yes. There's, like, multiple ones, and there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, you come in, you know, you do your 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 cross symbols, you do all that. But anyway, right. here we go. So I'm going to try and get into it a little bit, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. I cast you out, unclean spirit, along with every satanic power of the enemy, every specter from hell, and all your fell companions. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, be gone and stay far from this creature of God. For it is he who commands you, he who flung you headlong from the heights of heaven into the depths of hell. It is he who commands you, he who once stilled the sea and the wind and the storm. Hearken, therefore, and tremble in fear, Satan, you enemy of the faith, you foe of the human race, you begetter of death, you robber of life, <laughs> you corrupter of justice, you root of all evil and vice, seducer you of liquor. <laughs> That's all Sed I can think about. Seducer of men, betrayer of the nations, instigator of envy, font of avarice, for fomenter of discord, author of pain and sorrow. Now, that is a motherfucking read, if I have ever heard one. It is. <laughs> that is the read of it the is. century. Is it weird that it sounds really familiar to me? And I can't tell if it's just because I'm, like, goth or if I'm, like, a 6,000-year-old demon. Maybe. <laughs> You're, like, having I'm memories. I'm like, no, that sounds like familiar. flashbacks. Mm. It's just you. Yeah. Like, trying to latch on to some... Okay, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just got real. <laughs> All right. Why then do you stand and resist, knowing as you must that Christ the Lord brings your plans to nothing? Fear him who in Isaac was offered in sacrifice, in Joseph sold into bondage, slain as the paschal, 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 paschal lamb, crucified as man, yet triumphed over the powers of hell. The three signs of the cross which follow are traced on the brow of the possessed person. So trace the brow, the cross. Be gone then in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Give place to the Holy Spirit by the sign of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit God forever and ever. Amen. There you go. You can get your exorcism weekly. <laughs> We just exercised all of you. Do you feel cleaner? Just exercised all of you. All your damn demons. All of them. All, that we gave you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just actually, I say that and then we just actually disappear. Fuck. God, that would suck. <laughs> so yeah, if you ever have any demons, like I can probably sell some of these if you want. I just record <laughs> random Jesus. prayers. You're going to start, right, start hawking the rights. I think you could be an auctioneer if this whole podcast thing doesn't work out for you. Uh, I can't talk that fast. 
You could be like the slow jam auctioneer. Uh, that's what I'd be. <laughs> that's exactly what I'd be. So. I love it. Awesome. Yes. Wow. That is our episode tonight. Um, we hope that all of you are safe. We hope that none of you are plagued with horrible demons. We hope that everything's going fine. <laughs> we hope you had a good dinner. Or breakfast or lunch. Whatever it is. Yeah. Or coffee. Or tea. Or water. You know, drink a glass of water today. Just do that drink for me. Drink a glass of holy water. Do that for me. Doesn't have to be holy water. It might actually be sacrilege to drink holy water. Oh. Um, but <laughs> drink a glass of water. Stay hydrated. You know, just a tip. You're just the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip from the haunted heart. heart. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a new segment. I love that. Yes. All right, guys. So that's it. That's it. That's a wrap. (laughs) That's it. That's a wrap. Um, We love you. We love love all of our listeners. Come chill with us on Facebook. Come chill with us on Patreon. And until next week, stay stay spooky. spooky.